G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and we're doing things a little bit differently this week. Matt is away gallivanting around Europe and I'm setting off on a trip to New Zealand. So unfortunately, you're just left with me today. It's just me in the studio, uh, not even in the studio actually, in my back room, which is a little bit worrying how damp and moldy it is back here, but we'll forget about that for the moment. We're going to dive straight into the fantasy footy scores from the weekend. Now, we've got a lot to get through, so I'm going to dive in as we do and go through every game. Now, this game was just won in the midfield by the Eagles. Seriously, Elliot Yo, Domshi, Jack Redden, they all racked it up this game. As a lot of big numbers, Elliot Yo's the one that intrigues me the most, actually. I mean, we know what he was doing a few weeks ago with those high tackle numbers. He was sluggish with injury for one game, and he missed another during the buys, which sucked for owners. If you held him, you're absolutely loving it at the moment. If you didn't, if you got rid of him, or if you haven't got him, he's a really nice-looking POD. They've got a great run home, the Eagles. I'm a big fan of bringing Elliot Yo into your fantasy side, your salary cap leagues in particular. Uh, and if you are holding on to someone like Obviously, Andrew Gaff, I mean, he's absolutely a holder. I know he had a down game this game. He was looked after by Dylan Clark on the outside. There's nothing to worry about there. If he was your VC option, you obviously didn't take his 92. But yeah, I wouldn't be worrying about him. One that intrigues me a little bit is Jared Cameron, uh, rookie West Coast forward. He's 207k at the moment, so super cheap. If you're looking at downgrading someone like a, a Gibbons or one of your other forward rookies too... It's not the worst option. Keep an eye out for job security next week because obviously Willie Rioli coming back is a worry. I'm not so sure that it they'd be able to play him in the same side as Rioli and Ryan. And don't forget Jamie Cripps. But then again, he does add that extra zip. He adds that tackling pressure and he had a good score with a 69 first off the bat. Seven tackles in that. The coach has got to love it. Two goals too. I reckon he might hold his spot. So, yeah, he'd be my forward downgrade this week. Uh, On the Bombers' side of the ledger, look, not much to talk about here. Zach Merritt, we knew he was going to do well as long as he didn't cop the tag. And interesting, Hutchings went to Saad. So, that was odd. But then again, Adam Saad was non-effective in this game. So, good move by the Eagles in the end. Uh, Kale Hooker, for some reason, has had a run of pretty good games this year. I mean, 116 here. He's gone over 103 times so far this year. It's not a bad draft pickup. He's, if he's still available, he probably isn't in most leagues out there, but he's a good option to go with Kale Hooker, if I'm being completely honest. Darcy Parrish is looking much more comfortable at the level, so if he's unowned in a keeper league, go out and grab him. He's terrific. If you do like the look of Darcy Parrish, you're paying much more for him than you were at the start of the year, but still a good option to have. Forget This is keeper leagues only, by the way, guys. Seriously, do not look at him in redrafts. I don't think the consistency is quite there heading into fantasy finals this year. And obviously in salary cap, no, he's too overpriced. There's no point to it. Um, Dylan Clark was down this week, even though he did look after Andrew Gaff fairly well. I, I'm worried about him holding his spot on the side. Uh, Guelphie getting injured probably helps with that. Really unfortunate there, but... With him probably missing a few games, he's unlikely to off uh, to have Dylan Clark losing his spot there. I reckon that he, you'd be able to keep him for a few more weeks, but you need to look at offloading him soon. His cash generation isn't going to be particularly great after the next fortnight, and you need to start moving those rookies out now. So if you're playing guys like Dylan Clark, Oscar Baker, uh, Xavier Dersma on the field still, uh, I'd say at this point, you're probably looking at only having two to three rookies on your field anyway. 
and you've got to start moving them out, even though they haven't made the most amount of money, you're getting too close to the end of the season. I suppose the only argument you could make for holding them is if you are completely out uh, of, you know, uh, rankings possibility. So if you're if you're no chance to get in the top 100 or, you know, fight it out for the top spot for the car and you're just going for league wins, that's when you probably have more of an opportunity to hold on to these rookies because they are going to, you know, that extra money is really going to help you when it comes down to finals time Whereas you and you don't need those extra points right now. So next game of the round was Sydney taking on Hawthorne. Now, the big talking point for this game, I know it's lit Twitter up in the past 48 hours, but look, James Sicily, I mean, Alistair Clarkson got no bloody idea what he was trying to do there. I get that they don't have a forward line. It makes sense. They want to move someone into their forward line that has some ability, but realistically, come on, Clarko. He's an all-Australian contention backman. I mean, he's one of the top intercepting defenders in the league, and you're moving him into a role that he's, yeah, okay at, but it's just not going to help you in the long run. You want to keep him where he plays his best football and try and develop a forward line around players who have you know, more of a natural ability and natural inclination towards playing as a forward. And James Sisley is just too good in defense. I mean, from a fantasy point of view, it's just absolute garbage because we're having to deal with, you know, sub-50 scores when he's up in the forward line. It's, oh, it's just an absolute clusterfuck. So what do we do about it as fantasy coaches? My opinion, I traded James Sicily in last week, so I am as pissed off as anyone else, but I'm holding him. Alistair Clarkson, in his post-match press conference, said that they tried this experiment. It hasn't worked for them. They're going to have to reassess. I think you're reading between the lines. That means that he is going to go back into defense, and they're going to have to sort something out. They're going to have to leave Roughhead up forward and just try and develop some of these younger key forwards. And then... In the offseason, they're going to have to trade for some forwards. They're just going to have to find some bigger bodies somewhere in there because at the moment, you know, Gunston, Bruce, as as good as those sorts of guys were, Roughhead as well, they're just not getting the job done on their own and they need someone to develop from underneath. So in the short term, I'm holding on to James Sicily really hesitantly because <laughs> that kind of score, a 44 is just absolute and utter trash. But yeah, so I I wouldn't be rushing to get rid of him. If he puts up another score, if he's still in the forward line next week, then I would be offloading him. You probably only lost another 25 to 30K and then you'll know just how off the deep end Clarko's gone. So he should be back in defense this week. I almost guarantee it. Uh, Some of the other good scores, I mean, Ricky Henderson was dominant with 117. He's been awesome this year. He's been one of the top players Great POD midfielder. He's got such a high ceiling. There's going to be a fair bit of standard deviation there. But, you know, as your eighth midfielder, it's not the worst option in salary cap leagues because it is going to give you that little bit of extra difference. And a lot of teams are starting to look very, very similar. So that bit of extra difference can get you over the line. Uh, Jaeger O'Meara was solid this game after a, a rough patch this year. Liam Shields was great with 112. Um, some of the other players, you know, Hawthorne has really fallen into that draft league category where they've got some depth, but they don't really have a lot of guys that would be particularly useful in AFL fantasy. You're pretty much looking at just Ricky Henderson, James Sicily, and James Warple sort of, if you've still got James Warple in your team, I would be getting rid of him personally because he was always designed to be that mid-pricer. This, he'd been great over the buys, don't get me wrong. 72 this game, he's going to start losing cash soon. This is your perfect chance to offload him to get in one of those top-line forwards. 
Billings is still cheap and had a great game last week. You know, someone like that, it's almost a straight swap. So I think that's a terrific idea. Some of the uh, Sydney Swans players that did well, geez, Luke Parker just keeps getting it done. 157 from him, 20 kicks, 11 handballs, 7 marks, 12 tackles. I mean, a goal chucked in there and eight clearances. He'd just been so dominant. This was great to see, particularly with uh, with Josh Kennedy back in the side. He had a slow start, only a 72. So maybe as he builds into more center bounces, he will start to take some of those points away from Parker. But he's just looking so dominant. I don't see it you know, bringing his average below 100 for the rest of the year. So he's a great option in 2019. Uh, Jakey Lloyd, Jordan Dawson. Jeez, what a good rookie this guy is. He looks absolutely dominant. Uh, Callum Mills was uh, was played in a more friendly role and had 13 marks as a result this week. Uh, that's really good to see for fantasy owners. Uh, Cal Sinclair, before he just shoved his own head into the dirt, was, uh, was going great guns with 102 with about 10 minutes to go. <laughs> looked horrible. But uh, he, so if he misses a game next week, it'll be interesting to see which Ruckman gets up. Darcy Cameron didn't play last week. Naismith hasn't been playing. And I think they got a, uh, a rookie in the midseason draft. I can't quite remember his name. So it'll be interesting to see if a really cheap Ruckman comes into the side because, you know, Darcy Fort had a pretty poor game, probably won't be likely to playing many more games for the Cats this year and might be a cheap little downgrade to grab 70 or so K this week. Uh, just quick note on my boy Ryan Clark, 93, just uh, sneakily there with seven tackles in that, second highest on the ground, or third highest on the ground, I should say. I, yeah, obviously this is just purely speculative for future years to come. He's absolute rubbish this year, but I mean, he's got some ability if he's played in the right role. We'll uh, we'll have to keep an eye on it over the next few years, and Matt will no doubt rip the hell out of me next time we're in the studio together. Uh, quick word on Lance Franklin, just... You need to offload him if you've got him in draft leagues. He's just constantly injured this year. He was okay the past couple of weeks. He was sort of building back into it. He's had another hamstring injury. I just think it's time to get rid of him. There's, there's just nothing we can do, unfortunately. Uh, next game of the round was Melbourne versus Frio. This was awesome. This was a really tight game. The Demons just broke away towards the end. The Dockers were all over them for the first half. But yeah, great showing from Tom McDonald. He's back in a bit of form. 125 from him. Look, if he's available in your league, yeah, you can go out and grab him. He's got a good ceiling, and if he is high on confidence, he can get you some points. Uh, Look, I wouldn't be going out of your way to try and trade him in after this good game because you are going to have to pay a bit more than he was worth a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And if you do own him, it's a hold because, look, he could increase from here. Obviously, he's not going to do 125 every week like he did this one. But look, if he can increase his average closer to 80, 85, that would be outstanding for what he's done so far this year. Uh, Petrarca broke the ton, which is rare for him. Max Gorn with 129 just keeps getting it done. He's an absolute gun. Um, Jay Lockhart looks really, really good. I mean, we we know what he's done as a, uh, a rookie inclusion this year. 92 this game. Look, he's definitely one to watch from a Keeper League point of view. So the issue with Melbourne, obviously, they've just got so many midfielders. It's really hard to see in the future who's got those roles attending center bounces uh, on the wing specifically. I mean, we know Brayshaw's just taken a massive step back and a lot of people trusted him, bought him in this week because he was underpriced and he's only gone 87, which just isn't enough. Uh, I think he gave away four free kicks as well. So he could have been closer to the ton this week. But yeah, just just not enough if you owned him. Jay Lockhart, just going back to him. 
for a keeper league, yes, I'd go out and grab him if, he, if he's available. He's going to score hopefully pretty well and consistently for the rest of the year. Uh, he did need two goals to pump up that score to a 92, so just keep that in mind. If going forward, yeah, look, I, I'm not 100% sure how he fits into that Demons model, but if he can lock away a spot, you know, on the wing or a high half forward who's running through the midfield, he's going to score well, so he could be keeper league gold there. Uh, Oscar Baker, 69 from him, but... Look, just showing signs of starting to slow down a little bit uh, compared to some of the uh, you know scores in the nineties he was putting up a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm still it's a hold at the moment for me unless he's your last. If you've only got Oscar Baker left on your ground, if you have upgraded everyone else in your team, first of all, congratulations, bloody well done. But if he is still on your ground and you've upgraded no one, you need to you you've got two trades this week. I don't mind getting rid of him early. I know he's got a lot of cash to make, but if you do have the cash, if you can downgrade someone else and bring him up to, you know, someone who's more of a premium, like uh, Jack McRae, who's still underpriced at 720-odd K, uh, Paddy Cripps, someone someone like that, it's a much better option than Kit because you're going to, you've pretty much completed your team that way, and then you're just adjusting for role changes or, um, you know, uh, injuries and that sort of thing. And that's not too bad as long as you've got a little bit of cash generation on your bench. So, yeah, if he's your last rookie to upgrade and you need to, you know, make some trades this week, don't mind getting rid of him. Uh, he'd, he'd be the last one, though, out of someone like Xavier Dersmer, Gibbons, you know, those sorts of guys who've already made their cash. Uh, Brandon Matera for the Dockers was outstanding with 100 Look, I'm not reading too much into this. Brandon Matera has been so up and down his career. And look, the Dockers are moving the ball into the forward line more. That's a good thing. Uh, I, I wouldn't be rushing out to grab him off of someone in a trade because he is most likely owned at this stage. He's not on a lot of waiver wires. Uh, if he is, I don't mind that at all. So if he's on a waiver wire in a draft league, go out and grab him. It's a great option. Uh, Brad Hill with 100 was solid. And, and then Darcy Tucker, Ed Langdon, some of their lesser likes. Uh, well, not so much Ed Langdon, but Darcy Tucker's been very solid this year. Nat Fife, the 88 there, that was probably the most uh, disappointing thing about this game. He was uh, looked after a bit by Harms, who uh, himself only got 74 points. So... That tagging role really doesn't suit his scoring uh, potential. He he can score well when he's played a bit more freely, but when Harms is tagging, he obviously has to pay a bit more attention to someone else, and the ball falls a bit to the wayside. Nat Fife with an 88. Look, he's going to be better than that. I wouldn't be rushing off Nat Fife if you do own him in salary cap leagues. I know some people have been disappointed by you know scores like this and the 92 from Gaff. They're not horrifying scores. Sicily's score was a horrifying score. A 44 is just completely just ridiculous. Uh, you can deal with an 88 from five because he's going to bounce back next week and most likely have a 110 score roundabout there. Uh, Luke Ryan, another down score from him. And Connor Blakely is just not hitting the heights we thought he might. He's not really playing too much midfield time. So, yeah, I, I'm just not sure... That if you did bring Blakely in a, a week, a couple of weeks ago or last week, he, you definitely need to move him out. He's not going to make you enough cash, and he's not going to score enough points on your field for salary cap leagues. If you own him in a draft league, I think you've just got to hold and hope for the best. You can't. You're not going to get any value with him in a trade. Um, and yeah, just see see what happens over the next few weeks. Uh, fourth game of the round was St Kilda Brisbane uh, Saints. 
they were just horrible in this game. I mean, Brisbane smashed them by 60 points. It could have been a bit more as well if they were a little bit more accurate. Dane Zorko, 120 from him. Big Steph Martin, 119. Dan Rich keeps a, a pretty solid season going for uh, draft owners with 111. And Jared Lyons has broken the ton as well. Now, the one I wanted to point out here, which oh, just has got to drive a dagger into a lot of owners' hearts, is Lockie Neal. So he was looked after a little bit by Ross. And Ross scored 106, sort of tagging. But Lockie Neal only managed to get 79. And... It's just not enough in this bigger win for the Brisbane Lions. I mean, you would be expecting a midfielder in this kind of win to be easily 100 plus and maybe even 110 and 120, given what we know that Lockie Neal can do. So this is just super disappointing. We know that week in, week out, Lockie Neal is going to be the guy that's getting the tag for the Brisbane Lions. I'm not a fan at all of owning Lockie Neal in a salary cap league. So if you want to get rid of someone like that, I don't have an issue with it. Look, if you want to hold, I get it. He had a great start to the year, but he has proven that he is very susceptible to the tag. So I think that's coming his way most weeks. Uh, just, yeah, keep an eye out on it. I'm not a huge fan of owning him in salary caps. Uh, on the Saints side, Jack Billings backed up his 170-odd last week with 113, which was awesome to see for owners. I think he's moved his way into the top six forwards pretty comfortably now, considering the... The lack of, you know, that top echelon that you've got the top three or four and then the other th- two or three spots in that top six was sort of up for debate. There was, there's a good four or five players there that could have moved in. I think Jack Billings has easily taken the, the fifth or sixth spot there now behind, you know, your Paddy Dangerfields, your Bokes, your um, uh, your Kellys, uh, Dustin Martin fits in there somewhere as well. And, uh, and yeah, I, I just think that he's definitely someone that you want to own on the run home. Josh Dunkley, obviously, another one that you definitely need to get into your side. Uh, Rowan Marshall is just a ruckman to watch for the future. He's going to be absolute gold. 37 hitouts in this. Um, even though Steph was absolutely dominant as well, he just made his way around the ground. He got five tackles in that. Look, he, he's just an absolute gun. He's going to be someone that you want in your team going forward. And they don't mind kicking the ball to him as well. So he had seven marks in that, which was awesome to see. Dan Hanabry, okay. Oh, Dan Hanabry. I have no idea where I'm sitting on Dan Hanabry, to be honest, this year. 103, was not expecting that. I was expecting more of a 60. Look, if you want to jump on Dan Hanabry, obviously you have to do it this week. He's cheap, his break-even is very low, so he's going to make a fair bit of money this week. Um, I think that at 450 points... It is not the worst idea to upgrade Baker to Dan Hanabry. It is not the worst idea, especially if that is your last move that you need to do to move all of your, you know, originally rookie price, price players off the field. I, It's just whether or not he can continue this. And a, a part of me wants to say, hold on, wait another week. I need to see this uh, with, you know, a, a team which is going to pay a little bit more attention because it's not just all one-way traffic. Uh I, I'm just not 100% sure there. But, you know, he had 11 contested possessions, which was the highest for the Saints. He uh, he had four clearances in there, so he was in around the middle when he, uh, when he was getting the ball. All the signs are positive. But, yeah, there's just something that worries me because we've brought in mid-price players at this point in the season, post-buys in years gone by, and they've just absolutely failed. Rookies, you know, Oscar Baker is guaranteed to make you money while he's playing. Dan Hanabry does still need to 
score very highly to make you money. And if he doesn't do that, he's not qualifying for a spot on your field. He's not justifying your pick if he if he isn't getting hundreds. Whereas Oscar Baker can get a few 70s or a, a, a even a, an 80, something like that, and justify even playing on your field because he's making much, much more money than Dan Hanabry will be. Um, yeah, so... Again, 50-50 on that. What, absolutely no idea. Probably wait until teams come out because uh, it'll be interesting to see how Jack Steele coming back in affects his scoring ability. Uh, I know it's going to affect players like Blake Akers who had a terrible game. Jack Nunes was just absolute rubbish with 33. No idea what's going on with it. I didn't even see him on the field, to be honest. It, wasn't, it didn't look like a role change because I didn't notice him in the forward line or the back line either. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, one highlight from the Saints for me was Nick Hind, 76 from him with three goals. He was clearly in their top players, so there's no chance of him getting dropped. If he gets dropped, Richo's just straight out the door, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think that he's got great job security over the next few weeks. You can leave him on your bench, you can let him make a little bit of money for you, and then you can downgrade him in two or three weeks to a you know 170k player and upgrade someone who's not performing or who's had a bit of a role change. The uh, last game of Saturday was Port versus Geelong. Don't know where the power plucked this from, but this was a ridiculously good win from them. Scotty Lysett, 130 from him. Trap Boak, 121, keeps his great season going. Robbie Gray with 115. And, uh, yeah, Ryan Burton just smashed it as well. So the interesting one in there is Robbie Gray. Obviously, people are going to gravitate to this score. We know how well he scores when he's in the middle. He's got at least one more week of this because Tom Rockliffe is going to come back in through the sandfall. But... With Ollie Wines coming back in, it was his first game this week. He's going to play a bit more center bounce time. And yeah, when Rockliffe comes back in two weeks' time, you can expect Robbie Gray to be playing mostly as a forward. His scoring is going to go absolutely nowhere. Don't rush Robbie Gray into your side. It's just a poor decision. Just speaking of Rockliffe, I can't believe the absolute just horror show that has been owning Tom Rockliffe this year. He's burnt me... He already burnt me once this season. He's burnt me twice this season now. He's burnt me five times in the last three years. Five times. That's never again list kind of stuff. I mean, he's on my never again list. He was on it after the start of this year, and I bought him in not once but twice, so I don't know why I keep uh, complaining about it. I bring it on myself, but... Oh, we all bring it on ourselves. But, look, the the just lack of clarity, the lack of... um. Clear communication from the uh, Port Adelaide power and from Ken Hinckley has just been ridiculous through this whole saga. I mean, the fact that he flew to China, I mean, that is the stupidest idea in the first place if he is struggling with a hamstring injury. Surely the physios and doctors knew that he had some sort of issue with the hamstring. I mean, he was subbed out halfway through the game against Hawthorne in Tasmania. We know that he was struggling a little bit. And the fact that you put him on a plane for, you know, eight, ten plus hours... It's just stupid. I mean, I, I I don't want to go into it too much because it's going to be a 20-minute rave. But yeah, the fact that you did that in the first place, and then obviously he's going to have issues after that. So, I mean, 
come on. So we, we probably should have seen it coming after he was left out of the team with a hamstring and flown over. We probably all should have jumped off then. Those of us that didn't, which is myself included, I waited for one week, waited for another week. The buys hit, waited for another week, and then I offloaded him last week, luckily to Jack McRae, who definitely lived up to the billing. So we'll get to him shortly. Uh, Geelong, uh, Mitch Duncan just keeps going. 116 from him. He is Definitely a top eight mid this year. He's just so good. Paddy Dangerfield with 110 needs to be owned if you're in your forward line. If you don't own Paddy Dangerfield, you know, you're doing something wrong. Uh, Zach Tui's getting uh, starting to move into a bit of form, which is a bit worrying for Tom Stewart owners. Um, personally, I wouldn't be too stoked if I owned either of them in the salary cap league. If you own them in draft leagues, great, because I think they'll sort of, you know, go to and fro game to game. One of them will score, you know, particularly well and the other one might struggle somewhat 84 is an okay score from Tom Stewart in this game but it's not what you're hoping from a premium towards the end of the year so you know then again in saying that it's double pretty much what uh James Sicily scored so we'll we'll just move on from there Tim Kelly 71 uh jeez <laughs> he's he he's had a down game this one you know I think everyone needs to get off Tim Kelly's back here he was he did have someone, you know, minding a fair bit of close attention to him. He was tagged by Houston in this game, and he was uh, given a few heavy knocks as well in the second quarter and also in the last. 71's not the worst score for him to scrape his way up to. So, yeah, I don't think we need to stress too much about Tim Kelly. And we'll just quickly talk about the last game of the round, which was the Bulldogs versus the Magpies. Look, this was an absolute... I mean, it was a classic game. It was just particularly the first quarter was high scoring. After that, it just got super close, really tight, lots of pressure. It was incredible to watch. And the best part about it was the fantasy scoring. This is what this is the kind of game fantasy coaches die for because there were huge scores in this. So we'll get into the Magpies first. Brody Grundy's 168, great captaincy option if you had him as that. Uh, just bravo, well done, good choice. Uh, Adam Trelaw, 128. Jack Crisp, 122. Steele broke the ton there. Phillips and Houston, oh, Hoskin Elliott, I should say, not too far away, scoring over 95. Really good scores there. The one that worried me a little bit was Scotty Pendlebury. He he didn't attend quite as many center bounces, and Braden Sear seemed to take a little bit of time off. I think Taylor Adams will take more time away from him in the center bounces when he returns, and obviously we know what Taylor Adams does to Adam Trelaw's scoring when he's in the side, so... There's a little bit of a wait and see what happens when Adams is back in the team for fantasy scoring. Uh, I want to talk about the Bulldogs because they just had a huge amount of scores. So Jack McRae just, oh my God, 180 from him. He's backed up that massive 140 last week as well. Look, I think considering he's 720K, he's massively underpriced for what he can do. I think this is the week that... I think PODs be darned. Everybody in the competition just needs to get Jack McRae into their side somehow. I think... Look, he, he's just that good a scorer. No one's going to pay attention to him, particularly with Marcus Bontempelli in the side. I mean, he was he scored 107 and was solid, but the amount of clearances he got, he had 10 on his own. He was just absolutely dominant in terms of the game, not as much from a fantasy sense. So coaches need to be aware of this, and they'll pay much more attention to Bontempelli when he's in the middle. Lockie Hunter as well should get paid more attention to than uh, Jack McRae, so he's just going to have free reign. Uh, Caleb Daniel as well, he just terrific off halfback with 135. Josh Dunkley, really 
you know, tricky start. He was off with what looked like a concussion test in the first quarter after running into his own teammate. And he just smashed it for 118 by the end of the game. Just absolutely dominant. Uh, youngster to watch as well, Lipinski and Ed Richards looked solid. Uh, Lipinski, I wouldn't be bringing him in in fantasy. I'm not a fan of that at all. But if he's unowned in draft leagues, go out and grab him because he he's had a really good month and he's going really far under the radar, actually. So astute coaches would be all aboard this, but there would be a lot of te- you know draft leagues out there with yeah, coaches who don't keep quite as close an eye on the waiver wires and on a on stats from game to game that aren't uh, including their players. And Lipinski's definitely one that you might be able to grab off a few waivers. Uh, Yeah, Tim English, just something to keep an eye on. He does get smashed. He gets pulverized by those big Ruckman. Uh, He puts up a decent effort himself. I mean, a 70 is not the worst return. And he had a few marks, some tackles, and a a few hitouts in there. More than last time (laughs) he played Grundy, at least. But when he's coming up against guys like Steph Martin, like Max Gorn, Brody Grundy, just pencil that in as your captaincy choice every time because those guys are going big. Um, and that'll probably happen for the... Oh, it'll happen for the rest of the year. But also, uh, I would suggest maybe into 2020 as well because he's still got to build a bit more on that frame. And uh, and that was the last game for the weekend. So what we're going to do is I'm going to dive straight into some of your questions off of Twitter. And the first one up this week comes in from Louis. So he's asking, what are your thoughts on offloading a Brody Smith, for example, very poor record versus Geelong and addressing other areas of the ground before moving on somebody like Logue, Dersma, or even Nash on, given what Smith's history is. In my scenario, I'm looking at Parker to Gaff from it, with Smith moved via DPP, to, uh, well, via Daniel DPP to Ben King. Uh, placeholder forward eight and only rookie fielded being Logue at D6. Okay, dude, massive amount to unpack there. So basically what I'm taking is you are getting Gaff into your side and moving on Smith from... So hang on. So you're moving Daniel into the back line. That's taking Brody Smith's spot. Ben King is coming into your forward line and you are getting Parker... So I'm assuming that's Matthew Parker from St. Kilda, because if you've got Luke Parker, I don't know why you're trying to upgrade him to Gaff. So you're upgrading Matthew Parker from St. Kilda into Gaff, putting him into your midfield. I like that a lot, dude. That's a massive improvement for your team, bringing Gaff in over Parker, um, moving Daniel into your back line. And look, I'm not a huge fan, unless you already have Ben King in your side. If you're bringing Ben King in as a forward, Look, I don't think he's got much money to make. He's he's playing for Gold Coast. He's playing as a tall defender slash forward. I, he's not going to make you a lot of money. He's fairly high priced. Look, I'd be going for someone like Jared Cameron, who may play one or two games for the rest of the year, get a little bit of cash. Um, yeah, not not a massive fan of bringing Ben King into your side, mate. But look, if you can get a forward rookie who comes in, maybe there's one named this week. We'll have to wait and see on team sheets. Uh, maybe even if you can wiggle around a few DPP changes and get a midfielder in because Will Snelling might be a chance to play his first game this uh, this week or first game for Essendon, I should say. And he looks like an absolute goer at VFL level. He's just a really great pressure forward slash uh, midfielder. So they could uh, really look to bring him in this week and I think he'd be a great rookie option. So just getting back to your question. Yes, love it. No issue. Um, if you've got Dersma, low. 
I mean, Dersma's probably the one that I would say that you could probably move on as well as Smith. So you need to get Dersma and Smith out of your side quickly. Uh, if you get Smith out this week and then get Dersma out the next, I've got no issue with that, mate. Uh, next question comes from Craig, who's asking, should I trade Dersma to Laird or Caleb Daniel or Warple to Taranto? The other option is to trade Warple to Hanbury and Andrew Angus Brayshaw, I should say, Angus Brayshaw to Taranto. So he's looking at either going Dersma to Laird slash Daniel or Warple to Taranto. Um, look, I like bringing in one of... Laird or Caleb Daniel this week. They're still underpriced for what they can do, uh, and Dersma's really coming close to the end. So Warple and Dersma need to go at some point soon. I think you can hold Warple for another week, and you can get Laird or Caleb Daniel in this week. I think that's a great option. Um, I yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go Warple and. Brayshaw to Hannes and Taranto. I'm not as big a fan of that move, mate. I'd definitely be going with the first. And if you had to choose between Laird and Caleb Daniel, I'd go Caleb Daniel, mate. He just looked absolute great guns this week. Um, next question comes from Matt Mottram, who's asking, do I hold Sicily with Clarkson flagging to send him back again? Otherwise, my plan trades are Clark to Hannabry and Hoare to Hind via DPP. Thoughts? Cheers. All right. So, like I said in the podcast, my idea is that I'm going to be holding Sicily because surely Clark has got to send him back. Surely. I mean, I can't understand why he would keep him in a forward role that he's just so bad at. So, it's I mean, it's not helping Hawthorne. I, I, I don't see how it's going to long-term help them either. They really need to blood some youngsters. And Tim O'Brien's not a natural backman. He, you need to try and play him in the forward line and just see what you can get out of him. And if you can't get what you need, you need to offload someone like that from your team. So, uh, yeah, I, I reckon that he'll be played in the back line again this week. And I think he'll score pretty solidly. So I would definitely hold. And if you're looking to go Clark to Hanabry. Uh, not the worst idea in the world. Don't mind that at all. Um, and Hoare to Hind. Yeah, so Hoare needs to go out of your side pretty soon. And uh, if not now. And Hind has still got a fair bit of money to make. And was, like I said, in he was in the top three or four players for um, St. Kilda this week. And he's got great job security after that game, in my opinion. Hopefully, Alan Richardson doesn't think differently. But hey, we've been proven wrong by coaches before. And uh, I think we're going to have to end it there because I unfortunately have a plane to catch. I've got to literally, uh, I've got to stop the podcast. I've got to uh, quickly edit. I'll get this out and then I'll be on a plane to New Zealand. So we'll be back. Uh, Matt and I will be back in the studio together in a couple of weeks time. Until then, I'll be sending out some small podcasts while I'm on holiday. Just with my thoughts, some rants, some raves. Uh, it won't be the full in-depth podcast that we usually go into. But uh, you can look forward to those and we'll make sure to answer any of your questions on Twitter. Remember, we are at Extended Bench AU. Send those in anytime and Matt and I are more than happy to help. So until, uh, until next week, hopefully you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead and your premiums go huge. Catch you then.